Imagine a life where you can spend according to your values, give generously, love richly, live intentionally, and handle your finances biblically. That's what the Faith and Finance Podcast is all about. I'm your host, Adrian Hildebrand, and on the Faith and Finance Podcast, we discuss personal finance, intentional living, and value-aligned spending by sharing inspiring stories and practical topics to help you steward your finances in a way that honors God and builds your faith and wealth for the present and generations to come. Let's get started. Welcome to the Faith and Finance Podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm very excited to be a part. I am thrilled that you are here. When you sent me a note about who you are and kind of what you're about, I was like, absolutely, yes, this is needs to be talked about on the podcast. So I am so glad you're here. So with that, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and then your money story? Sure. So I, I wasn't quite sure how far back I wanted to go back um, in regards to my story, but in regards to uh, my, I've always wanted to be a mom. It was always a dream that I've had. And when I was growing up, if there was a child missing, they'd say, oh, it's on Laura's hip. And um, so I loved babysitting and I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to be married and have three children before I was age 25. My junior, like the latter part of my junior year in college, my dad says, hey, what are you going to do after college? And I was like, dad, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. And he says, I think you need to start thinking about plan B. And I was so hurt and offended by that. But that particular experience has really led me on this journey throughout my life. My life has always been a series of plan Bs. So after college, I ended up in mortgages for about 10 years. In 2000. 10, I kind of had this soul searching time of my life. I was still single and I was 33. And before I started a job, I decided to take a month long vacation and ended up in the happiest place on earth, Orlando, Florida, and went to a single adult conference, sat down next to a guy and hit it off with him. And seven months later, I married him. And I told my husband before we got married, I was like, I want to get uh, pregnant right away. I don't want to wait. I'm 34 now. And I want to have three kids before I'm 40 years old. Time started ticking, six months, one year. And so I was like, you are going to go get tested. We're, we're going to go find out whether or not we can be, you know, have children and discovered that we had a male factor infertility. So when you're looking at uh, couples one in eight couples have infertility issues and 50% of them have a male infertility. So I remember the doctor, they referred to us to a fertility doctor and they said, you know, Hey, the only way you're going to be able to conceive is through IVF. And there's two different kinds of IVF. And one is natural cycle. And the other one is a full blown IVF. And the full-blown IVF is going to cost around $17,500. And the other one will cost about roughly six grand. That includes all the medication. And I remember looking at my husband and I'm like, oh my gosh, like we're never going to be able to have family. And like a month later, he lost his job. And I thought, oh my gosh, we're never going to have a family because how are we going to save up all this money if we don't have the income? And 
lo and behold, the Lord answers our prayers, but he does it in like different ways than we think, right? He always says, yes, no, not right now, or you need, you know, you need to wait, or you're asking the wrong question, right? And so about a year later, after our third IVF attempt, I was on medical leave and I heard a friend of ours, there was a situation and her granddaughter needed a place to live. And so we're like, Hey, why don't she can come live with us? I'm on a medical leave from work. And so she came and uh, lived with us. And about 30 days after we had her, I received a, a blessing from one of our ecclesiastical leaders. And at the end of the blessing, I had this strong impression that I needed to quit my job. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Like I, I'm saving money so we can have IVF and so we can have children. And I felt very strongly. So I told my husband, I was like, I feel really strongly that I need to quit my job. I don't know why, but it is a very intense impression. About two and a half months later, we said to the grandparents like, Hey, she's been living with us would you be interested in us adopting her? You can be grandparents and we'll be the parents. So now she is a vivacious seven-year-old, acts just like me, crazy enough. So that was our first adoption. And then about two years later, we thought that we would obtain custody of her newly born sister. So we were going through foster care classes. And that happened in March, 2015. The baby was, uh, long story, uh, ended up being adopted by an, uh, another family. And so we decided to do IVF one more time. And we got pregnant and we were so excited. And then in July of 2015, I had a miscarriage and found out that I had lupus anticoagulant, which is a blood clotting disorder. And then in September, September 24th, 2015, I was picking up my daughter from school and I got a call from DCS and they said, Hey, there's this little boy that's born this morning. He has a two-year-old brother. They're going to, uh, on the adoption track, would you be interested in taking them? And I said, yes. And 15 months later, we finalized their adoptions. So that's how our plan B was adoption. We always thought that plan B was fertility, but really our plan B was adoption. And when we look back on it, we realized that God's plan was a much better plan for us. We cannot imagine our life without our children, which leads me to my story today. I had to give you a little bit of background. <laughs> um, no, that's great. Thank you. So, so in August of 2018, I, I've been a financial counselor and coach um, after I did mortgages for 10 years, I became a financial counselor in 2012 and was working with the military. And I felt a very strong impression that I needed to do a private practice and aim it towards families who are preparing financially for adoption fertility. So I started my private practice and a podcast called the Adoption and Fertility Finance Show. And I've been working on curriculum. And so that's what led me to my practice today. And, and it was really because of my own experience of how much, how we had to save up the money for adoption and fertility. And we ended up spending 35 grand on fertility and then 2,700 
for adoption. So that is kind of a little bit about my backstory of where I came from. Yeah, that is a beautiful story. I mean, I hate to kind of say it that way because I know you've been through some heartache, but you said even at the beginning that that God has the the best plan Bs, really. So I love that you shared your story with us because it's true that God truly has the best kind of plan Bs. And when I was going through a season in my life, three separate people at three separate times said that to me. And I was like, what? And now I can look back and I say, it's so true because God truly can make beauty from ashes. And thank you so much for being open and sharing your story with my audience because it, I think it's going to resonate with a lot of people, even if maybe they're not going through infertility issues, but just going through life, you know, life is hard. And it is. Um, but I do know a lot of women listen to this podcast. And I know that even though not everyone speaks out about it, that you just said the statistic is one in eight. So the likelihood that someone is listening to this show that's dealing with that is pretty high. And thank you so much for being real and being honest. So I know that you said you started in mortgages and then you've kind of transitioned and then that you felt God basically leading you to quit your job. And like you said, that kind of sounds crazy, right? So scary. (laughs) Yeah. Especially during the time. But like when God asks you to do something, you better do it or you might, you know, you might miss the opportunity or whatever he's trying to teach you. You know, you never know because he doesn't push us, but it's like, if you feel that nudge, you better do it. But then that kind of led you, of course, you've adopted your children and all that, but it led you down this path. So I know you mentioned, of course, about infertility, but what about that actually made you want to start like a podcast and a course? Because, you know, the reality is, is people go through stuff, but that doesn't mean they always want to start like a business around it. Right. Right. So right. What was that? Like, what was impetus and kind of what was the pushing the factor for you to, yeah, the catalyst for you to do that? So there was this couple, I, I mentioned that I was a financial coach for the military And I remember a couple coming to me and sitting down with me and they were really, really embarrassed. And they said, well, we are wanting to borrow some money and we want to know if it's possible in our spending plan and where can we go and borrow some money and, and it would be an unsecured loan. And and so like, as I'm gathering information from them, I'm finally, I'm like, what do you need this money for? And they said, well, we, we want to do fertility. And I was like, ah, so exciting. And they kind of looked at me like, what? Like, that's not exciting. Like fertility is not exciting, right? (laughs) To put your feet up in the stirrups every two days and to have this invasive stuff done to you. It's really, it's not very fun. I was excited that I was meeting someone else that was beginning the journey that I had already begun. And I had already been there and done that. And I wanted to share my experience with someone else. And so I told them about what I did, you know, how I I was able to save up $35,000. And, you know, one of the things we did, well, we created multiple sources of income. And so I talked to them about some of the resources for minimizing your expenses for your pharmacy, your, all of those things like that. And then we talked a little bit about their spending plan and, what some of their options. And since that time, it's been a couple of years since I met with them, but it kind of stirred in my mind and 
And as I would think back about it, and then I would meet someone else. And this other couple, this one actually has a really good ending because I met with them again a couple of weeks ago. But I had met with him about three years ago, and he had a lot of questions about fertility. And so they, had, um, they wanted to pay off a bunch of debt in order to be able to then save up the money to do fertility. So we put together a plan and worked together. And then three weeks ago, I was doing an appointment, like just a follow-up appointment with them, and was so excited they had paid off their debt. And at the very end of the call, they're like, hey, guess what? We're pregnant. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you. Like this, like the best news ever. And, and it's, it is really exciting when you see someone else's dreams come true. Like it is so exhilarating and fulfilling in your life to see that my trials are a blessing to someone else because I'm like, Hey, I've been there. I've done that. I know how you feel. I know what you're going through. I know the struggles that, that are going on in your relationship, the, the struggles that are going on emotionally, whether you're doing the adoption or whether you're doing the fertility, you know, I remember after our, our miscarriage, the, the difficulty that we had in our own marriage. And I remember speaking with a church leader and he's like, are you guys going on dates? I'm like, no, I mean, it's very difficult for us to go on dates. And he's like, you need, you need to set aside money and go on dates. And are you reading your scriptures together? Are you saying your prayers together? And so after I've gone through those experiences, like some of the things I've instituted with my own personal clients are I've instituted a money date so that number one, they can strengthen their communication about money and because I know that all of the emotions that go around the stress around fertility, as well as adoption during the waiting time of adoption, it can be very stressful. And so just like creating that communication between you and your spouse. And I tested out some things. So one of the things I always talk to people about is your love languages and how your love languages really affect your spending habits. So with your spending habits, like let, one of the things that, that I am, I'm a quality time person. And so it's really important for my husband and I to spend quality time together. And my husband's a gift giver. And, you know, while we were here, we are brand new married, going through all this fertility stress, going through all this adoption stress. And it would irritate me when my husband would buy me presents. And I'm like, I just don't understand this. I, I didn't understand why it irritated me um, until I put those two things together. Like, oh, his love language is gift giving, but my receiving love language is quality time. So we instituted little savings accounts. And so I now have a savings account for date night with my honey. And there's a savings account for Christmas. And then there's a savings account for our personal spending, for his personal spending and my personal spending. And those have strengthened our marriage. So now we can deal with our emotional side things because as we're sitting and talking during money date, 
we talk about what our needs are, wants, and our expectations are, and then we can look and say, okay, what kind of money are we going to spend this week? What are our goals? You know, what, what do we want to accomplish? So I don't want to get too far off of track here, but those are some of the things that, you know, as I was going through these experiences of, of going through fertility and trying to save up the money and feeling that, that desperation or the clock ticking, but, um, and I've taken those things and then instituted some exercises to help my clients so they don't have to experience those things that I did. Yeah, no, you're not going off topic at all. I think it's right on the money with what, you know, you've been talking about. But um, one thing that you said was my trials are a blessing for someone else. And I think that you can hear that even in your heart. I, I can't even see you right now, but I can hear your heart in what you're doing and how you're helping people. And it's it's really incredible. So we've got down, obviously, you know, money dates and the relationship aspect of dealing with, you know, just marriage in general, relationships in general. But as far as the financial side of infertility, you know, you've already mentioned kind of how much that costs, but what are some tactical things? What are some things that the audience could do in order to move the needle, I guess, if you will? with paying for infertility treatments or whatever that looks like for them. So what are some options, I I guess, for people or whatever you feel led to share um, for the audience today? Sure. So there's a couple things. One is grants. There are adoption and fertility grants. And I do on my website, someone um, joins my email list, they receive 100 grants for adoption and fertility. There's 80 for adoption, 20 for fertility. And I'm always looking for more. So um, if you guys know any that that I'm not aware of, feel free to email me or send me a message and I'll put them on the list. Love to have that grow. But I worked with uh, Bratzman Marketing and we put together a course called the Adoption and Fertility Grant Success Course because grants for adoption and fertility are different than you applying for a nonprofit because they're looking for different things. So we discuss how to create your mission statement, your, your family motto and how to create the money date. So you can discuss those things and how to uh, put together your spending plan and what, what, what documentation the grant is looking for and how to put the emotions into it so that they feel you. And so that course uh, is is on my website and I'm really excited about it because I love free money. And then another thing is creating multiple sources of income. So for a grant, create lots of different ways. So, you know, there was um, some of the people that I've interviewed on my podcast I've had some people who have started their own business. One woman, uh, she created macarons, which are a cookie, really delicate cookie, and she sells them. And I had someone who has rented out their house on Airbnb and had international students live in their home. And there's this one hasn't aired yet, but one woman has gone to work for VIP kids and she is working for VIP kids, she gets up at like four in the morning and teaches for a couple hours. And so that's how she's done that. And 
you know, having rental property. So my husband and I, I had purchased a piece of property when I was single. And so we used that money and then he had some ownership interest in a business. And then we both worked full time. And then we also sold some stuff. We had a, you know, when you get older, you collect things. And so we had, we sold a bunch of stuff and, and used that money. So um, those are just some of the things that we've done. And some of the people that I've interviewed on my podcast have done but definitely creating those multiple sources of income. And then the third piece of advice that I would give is to create a savings account specifically marked 2021 baby Jones or maybe baby girl Jones. And so it, it creates an emotional attachment to that money. And as you put money into that account, it, you can see it grow and you have a sense of accomplishment of, hey, I'm not desperate because I have a plan. I've, I know how much money I need. I've worked backwards. I know how much money to put into that account. And when you get bonus money, like maybe tax return money, or maybe a family member has gifted you some money, and then you can put that money into that account and see it grow. And you're like, that is our baby girl, Jones. And we're, we're going to have her by 2021 because we're going to have enough money by then. And, you know, making that an emotional goal, because sometimes we get a little distracted with, with money. Um, we lose our focus. It's not as, as fun. And so w- when you specifically name a savings account, it gives it a, a definite purpose instead of just saying, savings account. Like, oh, that could be a savings account for the car. It could be a savings account for vacation. It could be a savings account for Christmas. But if you specifically say what it's for, it gives you this sense of accomplishment as you put more money into that account. So those are the three pieces of advice that I would give to you as you are beginning your journey, whether you have chosen to do adoption or Um, or fertility, or if adoption has chosen you, or fertility has chosen you, you know, really, those are the three pieces of advice I would have. Those are great, great pieces of advice, even for someone who's maybe not saving for, you know, fertility treatments. Those are, that's pieces of advice we all could use. I love the idea of having an emotional attachment basically to your goal, making it specific, making it real, you know, it helps people, I think, uh, stay the course as you've, as you've noted. So thank you so much for sharing that. I'll link your uh, newsletter, of course, your website and everything in the show notes so that if anyone is interested, they could totally sign up for that and then get the list of um, all the places they can get grants and stuff like that. That's awesome. That is a a great resource. So I'm going to totally link all that. So you've mentioned a couple of times the uh, idea of a money date, and I've talked about that as well on the podcast, but in regards to kind of more personally, with you, how has your husband felt about you making this a business and kind of doing this as a, as a job really? How has he kind of supported you or maybe he questioned it in the beginning, whatever that story (laughs) is. Do you mind talking a little bit about that? Sure. So it's been kind of interesting how I I think it's a little, a little scary for my husband because I am an entrepreneurial spirit and he likes stability. So right now I am actually our breadwinner. 
my husband, the company he was working for two and a half years ago, they downsized. And so he lost his job. And we had this conversation about what he wanted to do, what I wanted to do. And at the time I was just working a little more on demand. And, and I said, I, I want to do some more work. And he's like, I want to go to school. <laughs> and so, so he is currently going back to school and I am the one that's working. We had that conversation and it, it's not been an easy thing to switch roles because I, I had, I had been at home full time with our, our oldest for a little while. And then, um, I did, I would work uh, on demand for a while. And then I went full time working and then I switched from working with the military full time to working full time with my private practice. So, um, that kind of was scary for him in regards to being supportive. It is so nice to have a spouse who he's, he's technical with it and then also writing. And so I have taken my different papers or things that I have put together for my course and I've, I've asked him to proofread it. And so, you know, 1030 at night, we're sitting on the couch. I'm like, okay, here's, here's what I've written. Tell me what you think. Give me some pointers. And, and he's helped tweak my writing and, He's also, one of the things that he calls me is his money, honey. And he's very proud of me that I am very much into um, helping people with money. And he loves to talk to people about what I do. So that's really nice. Yeah, he's very, he's very supportive. I really love when I get done with the day and he's made dinner. So today was a long day and I got home and there he has like dinner on the table. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love you. <laughs> and um, he does, washes the dishes. So that is really a huge thing for me. Um, one of the things that I did was in regards to communication is, you know, if you nag at your spouse, they are less likely to do something. And so uh, one of the things I talk to people about is that you need to use the phrase, I would appreciate it if it would mean a lot to me if, and so I use those. I know that's terrible. It kind of sounds like I'm manipulating my spouse, but it is true. It would mean a lot to me if he did the dishes. It would mean a lot to me if tonight he put the kids to bed so that I could have this podcast interview with you. So, you know, as you're communicating with your spouse, you know, tell them, it would really mean a lot to me if you did this. And this is why, this is why it's important to me instead of take out the trash or hint dropping, like sniffing, like there's this, sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to digress just a second. So there was this story about this mom. She walked into a kitchen and her son was sitting there and this is her son telling this story like 50 years later. And he's like, my dad was sitting at the table and he was reading his newspaper and my mom walked in and she sniffed <laughs> and he's like, you need tissue. And he says, I knew at that moment, my dad was in trouble. He's like, cause I knew that she wanted the garbage taken out. And, and he says, my mom sniffed again. And he, his dad's like, 
you all right? You, you know, what, what's wrong with you? Are you getting sick? And she stares at the, at the garbage can and his dad is like totally oblivious. And then finally she like snaps at him. Like, I want you to take out the garbage. And he's like, Oh, okay. And then he's like, son, go take out the garbage. And, and he says, my, no matter what my dad did after that point was, it was always going to be wrong because he didn't get my mom's hints. And he said, so hint dropping in a relationship will destroy it. And so I have looked at our relationship and, you know, now that I'm working full time and running a business, I have to be very clear to my husband of what I expect him to help me with. And I find myself like when we do have arguments, it's because I am hint dropping or I am assuming that he can read my mind and it causes contention in our relationship. So that's when I have to recognize, okay, I am, I am wrong. I need to clearly state my expectation and clearly state to him what I need so that I can be happy and accomplish the things that, that I need to accomplish. So, you know, having that weekly date night where you're strengthening your relationship and then the weekly money date is extremely vital to success. Yes, to all of that. I don't even have to say anything. That was perfect. And I, well, I will say this, I'm kind of a hint dropper sometimes um, because it feels like it's less naggy than me just being like, can you take out the trash? (laughs) (laughs) Well, use the phrase, I would appreciate it if you took the garbage out. It would really mean a lot to me. I'm super stressed today. There's a lot going on in my plate and it would mean so much to me if you could take the garbage out. That's so good. I'm going to totally have to start using that one. This has been awesome, Laura. Thank you so much for being an open book and sharing part of your story. And then also some tactical things that really any of us can do as far as, you know, saving money, but specifically uh, in regards to infertility and treatments like that. So before I let you go, can you please tell everyone where we can find you? You know, if you have social media, anything that you want to share, and I'll link everything in the show notes, but if you would also like to say that. Sure. So you can find me on Instagram at Adoption Money Coaching. On Facebook, I am Family Money Coaching. And my website is familymoneycoaching.org. You can find the podcast on my website, or you can also find it wherever you listen to your podcast at. And the show's name is The Adoption and Fertility Finance Show. Laura, this has been so, 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 so great. Thank you so much for your time and your expertise and just your heart and your spirit. I so appreciate you coming on tonight. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I love that you have put faith in finance together. And I think that's a huge, huge part of life that so many people don't talk about. And I do believe that you know, God does, he does have a hand in our life. And it's not until we look back on our life that we realize he's directed us in the path that we're supposed to go down. And while it, while it's happening, we're thinking, why God, why, why is this happening to us? And then we look back and we're like, oh, oh, I see. I see you were molding me into the person that I am today. You are helping me to be a stronger woman 
back to when I was telling you about how I wanted to be a mom before I was 40. Well, we finalized our boys adoptions five days before I turned 40. And so even though I did not get the family in the time or in the way I thought I would, I did get them in the time that I was wanting. Even if it hadn't, that would have been still okay. But he still blesses you because of your faith. And he still will guide you to the right place at the right time if you listen to him. And that is the important part is you're taking time to listen. And sometimes the, the Holy Ghost prompts us to do things and we're too busy with our own lives to listen to him. And so if we will just pause and ponder, he'll speak to you and you'll know which direction that you need to go down. And, and then you can execute and say, okay, this is what I need to do and I'm going to do it. You're so right, sis. You better preach. No, I'm just I'm kidding. But <laughs> no, but really, it's true. Like I always say, the Lord speaks to me, or you know, the Holy Ghost speaks to me through peace a lot of times. And it may right. not be. There's a difference between like being peaceful, like like relaxing, like sleeping. But sometimes it's like you know, you're 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 anxious in a way that's like you feel it in a different way. But you you feel the over you feel his peace over top of it. And then you know that that's like the way that you should go. I'm not talking about like nervous jitters because sometimes I think even we can feel nervous about something that we know God is calling us to do or asking us to do, but we still feel the overwhelming peace that really passes understanding that truly does not make any sense. Right. Um, just like when you, you felt that you needed to leave your job, I'm sure you were kind of nervous. No sense. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense. But you also were like, okay, but neither does this peace that I feel right. Like right. it doesn't make sense. And so the Lord speaks to me a lot through that and just the kind of seemingly insignificant things in life. You know, I was talking to someone earlier today about that, that sometimes, and you've, you've mentioned it several times, like plan B and hearing the voice of God and following him, because the truth is we only get this one life. And the worst that can happen to any of us is, is maybe we get it wrong once, you know, like we get it wrong sometime as far as like, we thought maybe the Lord was leading us one way. And maybe we just kind of misinterpreted the way in which we were supposed to go. But that doesn't mean like we've ruined our lives or made a mistake or, um, and I'm not even just talking about that. If we have made a mistake and we weren't listening to the voice of God, like, God is still with us and he can still speak to us, you know, as long as, you know, we're repentant and ask him to help us and to guide us and lead us. But it's, this has just been an awesome conversation, not just about, you know, your business and who you are and what you do, but uh, I love incorporating, of course, God into this podcast because that's the reason I started it. Of course, I wanted to be practical and tactical and share all that I had learned and everything, but I also wanted to make sure that at the end of the day, we, we recognize that whatever it is our hand finds to do, it's for him and it's right. for his glory. So thank you so much for yeah. just sharing your heart and being a guest on the podcast. 